Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Kyler versus Baker, part two. The good friends match up for the second time. Can Kyler improve to 2-0, or will Baker draw even? We'll also put the Browns' defense under the microscope. Just what awaits Kyler and company on Sunday. But first, roster moves upon roster moves. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 481, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. By the way, MJ, this is why we live in Arizona. 55 degrees and sunny when the team hit the practice field Wednesday morning. It was perfect. I got to say, you know, going back to August, all the rain we had and the monsoons, and you can tell the weather's breaking, I should say. But there's been one or a couple years where it's still hot on Halloween. Yes. So, But you, you really have to enjoy the mornings and evenings uh, living in Arizona this time of the year. And I do like the early practice time. I mean, we're not focusing on – how are the Cardinals going to play at a 10 o'clock kick? In, in this case, it's going to be at 1.05 local time, 4.05 Eastern time. So Cardinals and Cleveland Browns, that is the matchup here in week six. But before we dissect, which is obviously the number one storyline, and that is Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, a lot of moves made ahead of practice on Wednesday. Where do you want to begin I don't know what is top of mind, what is the headline, if you will, but uh, is there something that stood out? Because I, I got a whole list here of what the team has done. Well, uh, let's let everyone know that according to Cliff Kingsbury, Chandler Jones will not play this week. Not expected to, and he called it a stretch because he's been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. The key word, he does have symptoms. So if he would have tested uh, with asymptomatic two negative tests, he would have been a shot, but at this point, since it happened on a Tuesday, and barring any symptoms at last, he could be available for the Texans game the following week. And then the other uh, news was Rodney Hudson. He's not going to be able to play this week. And, you know, obviously the, they've used Max Garcia, and I think he's come in and done a nice job. But this is the week you would like to have Chandler Jones any week, I guess, and Rodney Hudson just going against a really good team on both sides of the ball. Max Garcia's got experience. He played a lot against the 49ers, filling in for Hudson, so I think they are good there. And then you look without number 55, more reps perhaps for Dennis Gardeck, hopefully more reps for a Devon Kennard, Kylie Fitz. So there are some options here for defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, who will address the media on Thursday, and will really dissect the defense versus the Cleveland Browns offense and what they're capable of doing, especially running the football. All right, before you get into some of the uh, the transactions, I do think it was interesting when Kingsbury was asked about Richard Rodgers. You know, I always think, you know, it's a complex offense. Now he's played in a couple different um, offenses, clearly in Green Bay. He actually had a, a couple of good games against the Cardinals, if I recall. And I don't know, uh, you know, depending on what happens now, Darrell Daniels is back. Um, you still have Demetrius Harris, so those are your two top we know Ross Travis dressed last week more of a pass-catching tight end, so it wouldn't surprise me if we get an email on Saturday um, to where you get a guy that can do a little bit of both, 6'4", about 257 pounds. 
Uh, so he's got good size, and, and he again, he can block. So, again, it's not a bit, you know, obviously it's going to be difficult to replace Max Williams just because he does so many different things, and he takes so much pressure off the, uh, the outside guy. So, you know, again, um, you know, I'm sure they looked at every practice squad, but the fact is this guy has experience, and they like his skill set. Now we'll just have to see how he performs over the next couple of days. Rogers, a seven-year veteran, 84 games, 28 starts, and signed to the practice squad, which I think allows for the evaluation. And then if he does pick up everything, then, yeah, possibly elevate on Saturday. And if it doesn't work out, then it's just another practice squad move. But I do think this team has options. But it is official. Max Williams, not only has he been placed on injured reserve, but he is done for the season. He has a season-ending knee injury. Coach Cliff Kingsbury didn't want to get into specifics as far as what type of injury or whether surgery was needed, just that it is season-ending. Williams reached out to the fans on social media, thanked everyone for their support, and added this, quote, this is just a speed bump, not a roadblock for my career. Looking forward to being back and stronger next year. End of tweets. We wish Max Williams well. We hope that means he continues his career with the Arizona Cardinals. He is a free agent at season's end, and you just hate it for him as a person and then obviously as a player because he was so valuable, not just in the passing game, but specifically in the running game. And also the elder statesman in that, you know, tight end room, even though some other guys have some experience, Harris and now Rodgers. But, yeah, it's devastating. And I do think he was in line for an extension. Uh, we know the Cardinals in the past have taken care of guys that they want to bring back. One comes to mind is A.Q. Shipley. They did wait this year for Corey Peters. Uh, maybe it was a case, do you want to play? Uh, clearly he didn't want to move, but he did have some other options out there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I think Chase Edmonds is probably on the radar too. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting, not to get off topic here, but, you know, James Conner's on a one-year deal, and he's definitely shown the upside, five touchdowns. A.J. Green's on a on one-year deal, and I just think we need to wait until we get through this season to see if these guys can stay healthy. Yeah, decisions that the front office focuses on, I think, more on the offseason just because in season it's like, all right, well, guys are getting hurt. What do we do in the event we lose someone long-term? And this Max Williams injury is the first long-term injury to hit the team, and it's a significant one. Again, not a flashy player. He's not going to lead the team in a certain category, whether receptions or um, – catches it or receiving yards it's just what he meant as far as one of 11 because now you take that piece of the puzzle out how do you plug something in do you even have a piece to fit that puzzle piece or are you just trying to make do with what you've got well that's my not concern because clearly Kingsbury they have a plan and whether it's plan a b or c but when they go 11 personnel he's the guy I mean again he can block and then he can release, and we know there's a trust factor throwing down the seam to Max Williams from Kyler Murray. And so 11 personnel, now they may run two, 12 personnel, so that means two tight ends, but clearly they want to go out there and spread people out with three and four wide. And he just provided so much luxury there. And I, I, I'm, I'm actually anxious to see how they're going to perform without Max Williams because last year when he was hurt, you know, the numbers went down in the rushing game. And he was off to a career year, so I wish him the best. And normally you got to wait for the swelling to go down, and then I'm sure he'll post uh, when he has his surgery. And 
remember what happened Sunday against the 49ers. Once Williams went down, there was four straight possessions that this offense just – it was out of sync, out it of stalled. rhythm, whatever you want to describe it. But it certainly was a factor. Now you have a full week and now the rest of the season to try to figure out, all right, we don't have Max Williams. What do we do? Some other moves made on Wednesday. Ezekiel Turner placed on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. James Wiggins signed to the active roster from the practice squad. The seventh-round pick out of Cincinnati, another safety. So it is a heavy safety room, but specifically for special teams. It wasn't all bad news, Bird Gang. There was some good news. We already mentioned Darrell Daniels activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. Defensive lineman Jordan Phillips and offensive lineman Josh Miles on the practice field. They've been designated to return from the injured reserve list, so we'll see if that is this week or at some point over the next couple of weeks. Certainly that is key as far as the defensive line and in some more depth on the offensive line. And then two players we're keeping an eye on all week, cornerbacks Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson. They were seen working out on the side during the open portion of practice. According to Kingsbury, they are progressing. Hopefully they are available this week. Otherwise, it's Robert Alford, Antonio Hamilton, and Jace Whitaker. All three of those acquitted themselves very well against the 49ers. Different story when you talk about the Browns offense, but there is some hope, and I think – an expectation maybe because it is a Wednesday that as we get closer to Sunday we'll see more of 7 and 20 as far as moving closer to the practice field and maybe hopefully doing just a little bit more. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and usually because we've been covering the team for a long time, you can you can see that they're not uh, on the practice field. They're, they're off on this other field. There's a couple different fields out there, plus they have the bubble. And they're actually just doing conditioning, you know, stretching and making sure that there's no setback. So when you're on that side of the field, eventually you graduate to come to the other side. So I would anticipate Thursday or Friday um, those guys are going to try to get some reps. And Jace Whitaker once again protected this week. He reverted back to the practice squad. Speaking of which, Kevin Peterson is back with the Cardinals. The cornerback signed to the practice squad in addition to Richard Rodgers and linebacker Joe Walker is back with the team. And of all the moves that was made on Wednesday, that seemed to be the one that captured the attention of every single player on that practice field because as we're out there watching and they're doing their stretching, all of a sudden it was noticed that, hey, 59 is out here. And all of a sudden you started hearing, Joe! Joe's here. Look at Joe. And it just kept going and going. And I think I'm sure he appreciated it. Um, 2018 to 2019, he's with the Cardinals and good to have him back because not only does he know this defense, but you talk about a true pro football IQ, maybe not the most athletic, most gifted, but when you need a play made or someone to be at the right place at the right time, that's what Joe Walker can do at the inside linebacker spot. Yeah, and to me, this has a lot to do with special teams replacing Zeke Turner. Obviously, Zeke's a little bit more athletic, and uh, Joe Walker's a guy that plays on teams, um, well-liked, well-respected, and um, you know that was a good pickup from when they got him from the Philadelphia Eagles, so it's nice to see him back, and he gives you a little flexibility there. Of course, you do have you know, the inside linebackers, your, your, your three uh, starters, and Jordan Hicks, Xavier, um, Isaiah Simmons, and then you throw in Zavin Collins, and he gives you a little flexibility there along with Kylie Fitz who can set the edge, uh, so, so to speak, and then a guy like uh, Kennard. So it's nice to see him back, and, it's, it's, and the fact is he's familiar with the, the, uh, the defense and he's familiar with special teams, so he's more of a plug-and-play guy if needed. I think we covered 
at all. It was a lot. And I'll say this, the after effects of all of this is there are three open roster spots on the 53-man roster given all that has transpired. So you can see three players signed or maybe just elevated from the practice squad. So there is some flexibility with respect to the roster because either guys on IR or the COVID list. So there are three open roster spots as we speak. So, in other words, you may not have to do so much shuffling. Um, obviously, if you're going to bring up some practice squad guys, and we'll have to wait and see uh, what uh, Richard Rogers and the reports we get. Basically, Cliff won't talk again until Friday. We get Vance tomorrow, and that's the other side of the ball. All right. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals this week, once again, on the road, looking to go 4-0 on the road. 6-0 overall as they played the Cleveland Browns. As you mentioned, MJ, 105 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. It is the second matchup. Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield, part two. The Oklahoma Sooner teammates, both Heisman Trophy winners, number one overall draft picks. This is a rematch. And again, we know they don't play against one another, but it is the storyline, if you will, when you put the Cleveland Browns and Arizona Cardinals up on the marquee. It's Murray Mayfield Part 2. A couple of years ago, Week 15, 2019, Murray beat his teammate 38-24, to and he was mic'd up. And then we saw post-game the exchange of the jerseys, and Kyler Murray, that rookie season of 2019, maybe the biggest smile on his face, Week 15, beating Baker Mayfield and knowing that he would hold that over his head every day until now, hopefully, this week, he's got another opportunity to extend his record at 2-0 against Baker Mayfield, but bragging rights as he was caught on Mike saying to his good friend Baker Mayfield. He was almost giddy. He had that, he had that little laugh that he has when when something's funny or, you know, he's kind of, you know, either responding to a joke or, you know, he, he's like, no, you're going to take that jersey off. I want that jersey. And so, you know, it's interesting just about the quarterback matchup, and we'll have plenty of time to break down both sides of the ball over the next couple of days. Uh, I didn't know this. Baker Mayfield, four touchdowns and two interceptions overall. This, this, oh, on the season? Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, they, they have 12 rushing touchdowns. Now, Murray's 10 over four. But I they have a head-to-head, uh, you know, passing, rushing, receiving, tackles, sacks, uh, pass defenses, interceptions. And I didn't, I'm like, four touchdowns. Maybe that's why there's so much angst in Cleveland, <laughs> even though they run the ball. You looked at me like, really? He's only got four. I thought for a minute you were thinking about the Week 15 match. I was like, four? I was like, I don't think he had that. that many. They only scored 24 points. But. Well, you, you reminded me today that Kenyon Drake had four touchdowns the last time they played him. Yeah, that was the other story from that <laughs> matchup, that Kenyon Drake kind of stole the show with four rushing touchdowns because you look at 2019, Kyler Murray, 219 yards, a touchdown to Dan Arnold. He was picked off. Mayfield that day, 247 yards passing, two touchdowns, including one to Ricky Seals-Jones. He also was intercepted. But, yeah, it was Kenyon Drake who <laughs> who really kind of stole the thunder from that quarterback battle. So let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit. So Kyler Murray addresses the media on Wednesdays. And, again – People are writing stories round two, um, but Kyler kind of downplayed it a little bit, just from a standpoint. It's it's not the Super Bowl, it's not a playoff game, and you wouldn't face them in the NFC. Um, but he looks at it as another game where you know they're going against. I think it, it, 
after just a few days, this is the toughest opponent they feel like they're going to play up to date. Did you get that impression? I think they're trying to have that mentality each and every week because that Rams opponent, that to me, well, I'll even go back to week one. We were all wondering what kind of team the Cardinals would have this year based off of those first two games, the Titans and the Vikings. And the Rams, they were the number one team across the league. And then the Cardinals go in and mop them up. I just don't think we're going to hear that about the Texans next week. We're going to hear they play hard and, you know, they got a new roster, so it's hard to figure out. But we all know about Lovey Smith, and he plays that cover too. So we'll get into that next week. Might be a lot of Lou Holtz <laughs> that week. But as they say, any – Given, given Sunday, Sunday, and the Texans have surprised more times than not. They play hard. Yeah. They really do. I, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the talent level. But they have like fifty some odd uh, new faces in training camp, and I got to assume that they turn that roster over. Anytime you bring in a new general manager, Nick Casari, and a new head coach, you're going to see changes. Here's what Kyler Murray had to say about Baker Mayfield this week: "Quote: There's no stakes. It's a regular season game." And then he was asked about their time together in Oklahoma, which has been talked about. And I think every single year that they play one another, whether that's – and remember, this is this is the 17th game. This was the additional game when the league went to 17-game regular season schedule. This was game number 17. The NFC West is paired with the AFC North as far as where they finished a year ago. Cardinals finished third, Browns finished third, so that is why they are matching up. And now it might not be for another, what, four or five? I mean, I don't know how the schedule is working now with this 17-game season. Yeah, and, and basically the Cardinals are playing nine road games this year, and then they'll have nine home games next year, and we think one of those games could be in Mexico. So Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, again, they were together in Oklahoma, and Murray very complimentary. Uh, Baker Mayfield as far as being the elder statesman and learning from someone who Baker won the Heisman, was the number one overall pick, and then Kyler won the Heisman, was the number one overall pick, and you know that that was a juggernaut, Oklahoma, and it was going to continue and uh, a little bit different story this season with at Oklahoma as far as their quarterback position, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to what happens when they meet one another at center field. Yeah, and you know he was very complimentary just how Baker is really smart, and you know he's a guy that can throw and make every throw, so you you could see the respect factor, and and I know there's criticism in in Cleveland right now. Can he win the big game? Can he come back in the fourth quarter? And they were comparing his numbers to Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and quite frankly, those guys have much more fourth quarter comebacks and so I think they were hoping maybe in, in that last game considering they put up 45 points that he was going to be able to prevail um, but obviously you got to give the Chargers a lot of credit when they won that game 47-45. Yeah the narrative the game was taken out of Mayfield's hands late fourth quarter facing a third and nine from their own 15 yard line and they ran a, uh, a running play, and then they punted, and the Chargers responded with the uh, go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, I, I talked to one of the, our scouts, and he always advances, so I got the 4-1-1 there. He, he said they were without their two top tackles, so that's the reason why he may have gone conservative. He, he doesn't think it had a lot to do with, I don't tr trust Baker Mayfield, or I just don't want to put him in that situation. He is dealing with a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. But according to the scout I spoke to this morning, I brought that up, and he said, I, I really think it's because they didn't have the, the tackles, and he didn't want to 
uh, you know, obviously push the envelope when he didn't need it to. Jedrick Willis is returning to practice on Wednesday. Jack Conklin suffered a knee injury and is not going to practice on Wednesday. Those are the two tackles, left and right, respectively, for the Cleveland Browns. We'll keep an eye on that as well. And don't be surprised when that injury report comes out on Wednesday if it's a long list. But it's Wednesday. you still got two more days of practice plus the walkthrough on Saturday, or in the case of the Cardinals, a day to travel to Cleveland. A couple of notes about Kyler Murray and what he has accomplished through five games, and I know he is no longer the odds-on favorite to be the league MVP. It kind of changes whomever has the big game on Saturday, or in the case of Lamar Jackson on Monday. But Murray right now through five games, completing better than 75% of his pass attempts for 1,512 yards. 75-1,500. That has only happened two other times in NFL history when a quarterback with a completion percentage of 75 or better and at least 1,500 passing yards through a team's first five games. The other two quarterbacks to do it, pretty good quarterbacks, Drew Brees in 2018, Peyton Manning in 2013. And here Kyler Murray doing it in 2021 and doing it in year three. Yeah, I I understand. Uh, you know, the football is so tricky. I mean, I go back to that Justin Tucker, um, you know, field goal. I mean, Detroit would have a win, and then you just go back to you know some of these other situations to where it's just it's interesting how one little thing can change the, the development of an outcome of a game. And you know, that's I guess that's where I was going with that. So it's it, it but he. he I, Jackson had a great game, but what about the first four games? I mean, I watched. I mean, they they've had a lot of primetime games, and there were twice that you know it was it was uh, Rob Bob, Bob Greasy Brian Greasy saying, "Well, he's a, he's a pocket passer now." Okay, great, but he he lost the ball in 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 the, in the pocket twice. He found the ball twice. So, listen, Aaron Rodgers is going to go on a run. Tom Brady is coming off five touchdowns. Uh, Josh Allen, to me, uh, he's kind of like Kyler. He's going to put up numbers through the air and, and rushing. So it's it's early, but you know everyone's going to go back and forth. And you know we know that the, you had to win 12 or 13 games to be even in that conversation. And the Cardinals have set themselves up. I mean, Craig, if they if they go 500 the rest of the way, it's 11 wins. Yeah, I've thought about that. I even made the comment when they started off 4-0 that, hey, you know, you just go 500 the rest of the way and you're sitting there. And it, but yeah, they've they've put themselves in great position to where they've got some equity and they've got a nice cushion, if you will, on the rest of the division outside of the Rams to where, and we know it's going to happen at some point, MJ. It might be this week. It might be next week against the Texans. There is going to be that game where we're going to be left scratching our heads saying, how did this happen? It happens every year. Now, again, I do think the focus is on one game at a time. Um, but you just and you can't plan it. You, they'll, they'll talk about and, and maybe really it's after the bye week because at, under Kingsbury they haven't played very well in the bye week and after with Kingsbury they haven't had a great record in the month of December. So, but it, this is a different team. They have more talent. They're more advanced. So it's it's hard to go back and compare. Um, but they're going to lose the game here. It's, but you got to avoid losing streaks. So if you happen to lose to the Browns, a very talented team, you got the Texans coming up, and then you got to play two games in five days. You're going to have the Packers here. So take care of business on the road again, and then try to scratch out some home wins. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense. What are they looking at this week with a Cleveland Browns defense that's on Sunday against the Chargers allowed almost 
500 yards of offense, 27 first downs, and they had just one takeaway. Justin Herbert passed for almost 400 yards. He had five total touchdowns. That was Sunday, but if you look big picture at the Browns this year, fourth best defense in the league. They are number two against the run. They rank 11th in scoring, but they only have three takeaways, two interceptions and one fumble recovery. They cover the field. They just don't get a lot of footballs and get the offense back onto the football field. But this is a formidable defense that the Cardinals will be playing on Sunday. Yeah, it all starts with number 95, Miles Garrett, and then they got Malik Jackson, number 97, Malik uh, McDowell, and then Jadavion Clowney did not play last week. And then you start looking at some of their backups, Andrew Big uh, Billings and then uh, Tariq uh, McKinley. Some of these are household names that have bounced around. I want to say um, uh, McDowell was a draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks. So that's where it all starts. And then, you know, they don't have really household name linebackers. They did use a high pick on Jeremiah. Uh, I'm going to go Jeremiah o- o- Owusu Karaboa. I'm going to just go with O-Karaboa. <laughs> Second round pick yes. out of Notre Dame. We talked about him. So he was, I believe he was on your uh, top 40, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Good memory. And then you look at the secondary, Denzel Ward. Um, I know Newsom's dealing with an injury. He's a rookie. And then they got Greedy Williams. That was a high draft pick. And Troy Hill, he's more of a slot guy. We remember him with the Rams. He had the pick six in week 16. Uh, John Johnson the third. They, I mean, again, because they play in the AFC, may not know these household names. Um, but they're really good when it comes to stopping the run, pressuring the quarterback, and now it's a matter of how many guys in that secondary are healthy. Can the Cardinals get enough time to throw the football down the field? Ward dealing with a neck injury, Newsom calf, Greedy Williams shoulder. So that's your top three or three of your four cornerbacks that you have to keep an eye on. And uh, Greedy Williams suffered the shoulder injury on Sunday. Ward suffered the neck injury on Sunday. Newsom did not play. In fact, he's been inactive the past two games. Have to wait and see if he is available this week. But it is a banged-up secondary. And to your point, if Kyler Murray has time to throw the football, how does the Cleveland Browns' defense handle a DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds, James Conner will figure out the tight end position. Even if the Browns are completely healthy in the secondary, that's still a tall task. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I, I'm a little surprised because, you know, we know that uh, Miles Garrett can get to the quarterback. You know, he's sitting with, what, seven sacks right now. You would have thought at some point they would get some tip balls or some interceptions, and they haven't been able to do that. And that's got to be disappointing for them because, you know, uh, well, I guess they gave up 47 points last week, so they got to go back to the drawing board. But I'm a little surprised when you have a guy like Miles Garrett and when he's healthy, Jadavion Clowney, and, you know, Denzel Ward's a really good player, um, that you're not getting more turnovers. Seven sacks. Leading tackler on the team is Miles Garretts, and he is himself dealing with his own injuries, knee and ankle issues. But you're looking at one guy on that defensive front, and the Cardinals are very familiar with Jadavian Clowney. In fact, Kyle Murray knows firsthand how dangerous he can be, especially if you throw him the football. He can return it for a pick six. Good play by Clowney dropping into coverage way back when when he was with the Seattle I think he Seahawks. learned his lesson on that. Yes, although it did happen earlier this season, though this time he didn't see the linebacker Correct. across the middle. So, it, it, And that's tough. There's a lot of quarterbacks that kind of 
not tunnel vision, but sometimes you don't always see that guy drop in or move, uh, and it's a good read by the linebacker watching the quarterback's eyes. Clowney baited him because he knew exactly what he was going to do, and he, he timed his jump perfectly. And, you know, um, you know, I'm not surprised about Clowney because, uh, you know, the reports were, and clearly he's a guy that you know was asking for a lot of money. He's bounced around a couple different franchises, but the reports are he's got bone on bone, so I don't know how much he does practice during the week, but it's something that it's lingering him, and I don't think he can play every single snap. So when he's in there, maybe it's an opportunity where you want to run to his side. He's got physical attributes. He's he's, he's tough. Um, but, again, I, he just can't go from sideline to sideline. D.J. Humphreys was asked this week about Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, and he said what you see on film is what they are. Quote, I'm excited for the opportunity to get out there and get after them. You're looking at left tackle D.J. Humphreys, one of the best in the game, and defensive end Miles Garrett. Do they move him around, or is that the matchup to pay attention to as far as protecting the edge and making sure Garrett does not get into the backfield? Well, in the perfect scenario, they like to use Garrett on the right side and Clowney on the left side, but that doesn't mean they won't switch it around. You know, Cardinals feel comfortable with, with Calvin Beecham at right at right, uh, right tackle. So, uh, the, again, I'd have to go back and look uh, – and there, there are times that, you know, Miles Garrett can stand up. You know, it's not like he's got his hand in the dirt all the time. So he's a guy that can do it. I'm not saying he's going to drop back in the coverage because we always used to get upset with Vance. Why is Chandler dropping back in coverage? Well, they have a call. So if something happens, then they got it covered. So, um, again, I'll, I'll have to find out if they move him around. But it's not like he just puts his hand in the dirt because he can get an advantage on, on the tackle by just, you know, bull rushing. But we know Humphreys has gone against a lot of good pass rushers in this league over the years. Excited about that matchup because those are matchups that define a player, not just each week, but for an entire season and your career. And DJ Humphreys certainly welcomes those challenges. Well, we we talked about it last week, Trent Williams against Chandler Jones. I mean, there's a reason why Trent Williams is the highest paid um, left tackle in football. And Chandler Jones at some point was the highest paid outside linebacker. Same situation here. Miles Garrett against D.J. Humphreys. Miles Garrett was the first, first overall pick in the draft. So, um, And that's one thing that, that, the, that the Browns have done. They've had a lot of top five and top ten picks. And it's not just the first round. They've gotten good players in the second and third round. You look at Garrett, and he was one of those players preseason that was pegged to be defensive player of the year based off what he had done the year prior. Seven sacks, leading the Browns in tackles, so he's well on his way if he can stay healthy. To me, that becomes the focal point of the Cardinals' offensive line, making sure they protect Kyler Murray, make sure they have running room for a Chase Edmonds or James Conner, but making sure Miles Garrett does not disrupt the offense because by himself, much like an Aaron Donald when we yeah. talked about that game going into the Rams, there are certain players in this league, MJ, where they can, even though it is a team game, but individually they can wreck a lot of havoc. Yeah, and, and that's why when teams build rosters, quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher, corner. That That's that's where you build it. Now, in other sports, you build up the middle. Clearly, the Cardinals built up the middle, bringing in Collins, Simmons, and bringing back Hicks, and then Rodney Hudson on the offensive side of the ball. So the Cardinals' offensive line really going to need to focus on their individual matchups 
and also maybe some protection perhaps depending on how quickly Garrett gets off or they have some trouble with him. It's not a slight on Humphreys or Beecham. Sometimes you do need a little help. But Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, and Jadavian Clowney, those are your four defensive linemen that have done a lot of the work for the Cleveland Browns this season. Some question marks at the linebacker position, but as we talked about in that secondary, some big-time names with some big-time injuries, and right now you just don't know what to expect from that secondary outside of – you know, some guys that you know, Greedy Williams, Denzel he's been, Ward. He's been he's been good this season. Both Williams and Ward, both three passes defensed. And you brought up Troy Hill from the Rams, John Johnson from the Rams as well. So there is some familiarity yes. with a couple of those players that the Cardinals can look back at film and say, all right, how did they attack us, and how can we attack them from a wide receiver standpoint? Now I was thinking about this driving in today. Case Keenum is a backup quarterback there. I wonder is he giving any a uh, little, uh, you know, traits or information hot about the quote air raid when it, when they try to spread teams out. Again, it's been a while, but he did play for Kingsbury. Concepts, but I do think year three we're not seeing as much as that. Although maybe we see more of it now because Max Williams is not on the football field. Does Cliff Kingsbury revert revert back to what he knows? and tried to figure if that might be sustainable for a week or two or however long until defenses adjust, and it's up to the coaching staff to make the adjustments to the adjustments. And another thing, and he did it last week with Sean Harlow, bringing an extra lineman. I mean, it, nothing against Darrell Daniels. They want him to be more consistent. Demetrius Harris can do a little bit of both. We'll see if Richard Rodgers, and then we know Ross Travis is more of a pass-catching tight end, but – if, if, if I got to assume Harlow's going to be active just based on numbers, and so they can use an extra lineman instead of. But they also want to go with eleven personnel, so that would be Daniels or you know I don't know how much Rogers would play, but it just have they got to address three three tight ends in this game just because of special teams and other stuff. So, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in an extra lineman like they did sixty one times last year with Josh Jones, and we did see that a little bit on Sunday with Sean Harlow coming in and earlier in the season with Max Garcia coming in. Correct. Josh Jones was the big guy. We always would hear his name get announced. Number 79 is now eligible. You heard that year or week in and week out, and now it's become Max Garcia and Sean Harlow. But it does offer – and also maybe, I don't who knows, maybe can Sean Harlow catch the ball? I mean, you're, you're, you're eligible as an additional offensive lineman, but you are eligible to catch the ball. Well, you're, you're asking him because – I don't know how much they blitz. I mean, obviously it's down in distance, but he, he, if you're bringing him in there, you're, he's asked to protect. So you can get a little bit more time, go through your progressions, and worst-case scenario, you, you know, drop the ball off to a screen pass. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we look at this Week 6 matchup from the Cardinals offense perspective as far as what they're going to match up against as far as the Browns defense and we talked about defensively this Browns team very good against the run they allow just about 75 yards a game and less than three and a half yards a carry but if you can start and we always talk about stop the run stop the run which we're going to do a lot on Thursday <laughs> but if this can be the game that Chase Edmonds and James Conner can get going and all of a sudden you know how is it the pass sets up the run, as we've seen, where you get out to a lead, then you can go back to the run, or does Kingsbury do something out of the norm and maybe try to establish the run early on? Good question. I, 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 
I mean, just based on where they are with the offense, and, and I think you and I are in agreement, it's sustainable. Now, you're going to run into some coordinator that's going to spend the entire week at the office, and he's going to try to come up with a game plan. But I think you just got to, you know, stick to your 11, 12 personnel and then sprinkle in 10 personnel. Um, but we've seen a lot of eye candy, two backs in the backfield together. Rondell Moore is in motion where he's almost a guy that Kyler goes through his progression, doesn't see anything, he can throw the ball in the flat. Um, I, I just believe they're going to stay with their offense. But I, I do think, uh, based on matchup down and distance, we could see them go four wide. And then you can also have Chase Edmonds or Connor in the game as that fifth guy, whether in motion or they're lining up next to Murray, to be that safety net if somebody's going to come after them. Uh, obviously, when you open up the edges, when you have 10 personnel. The eye candy of a Rondell Moore who led the team in rushing last week out of the backfield, and that little swing pass, yes. which was a pass, but on the stat sheet it was listed as a run because the ball was thrown behind the line of scrimmage. But Correct. that all of a sudden now has to be accounted for, and it, you always point to, hey, don't forget about Kyler Murray, but now all of a sudden it's, hey, don't forget about Rondell Moore as far as being a weapon in the running game. Yeah, and I know fans out there, they want to see more of them get more reps. Now, again, he – he had a great 2018, but he's had some injuries. It's a long season. Um, I like the fact that, you know, maybe we'll see more of Antoine Wesley. Um, he's a big physical receiver right now. You know, he's number five. Um, he is playing on teams. So, you know, there's enough balls to spread around. But uh, clearly, you know, A.J. Green only had a, one catch two weeks ago. Christian Kirk only had one catch. So, And we knew Hop got involved, and I thought it was important to get involved at least in the first quarter. And obviously, uh, towards the end of the game, the third and fourth quarter. So, um, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a lot. It's just um, my my curiosity is my antenna is going up. What does eleven personnel look like without Max Williams? What tight end do you plug in to replace a Max Williams? And is it more of a blocker because we saw Max Williams line up a lot as a wide receiver, stand up in the slot, even though that was quote-unquote 10 personnel or 11 personnel, it was still five wide at times, but you had a tight end on the football field. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of question marks, and I'm sure the Cleveland Browns are wondering as well. You do have a lot of weapons. It's just how do you – if we go back to that puzzle analogy, you, you lose a piece, it's it's now gone. It, it's missing. So you can't go find another one to fit that exact part of the puzzle to complete it. You have to find something kind of similar, and that's what the Cardinals need to work on this week. Yeah, and, and you know, when you look at Richard Rodgers, I mean – Again, he's. We'll see if he's active because he's got to get uh, acclimated to the offense, and we'll see if he's on teams. But uh, I would think he possibly can take a, um, a a lesser role to what Max Williams did. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to come in here and be Max Williams. I'm not saying that. But based on his physicality, the Billy, that he can catch the ball, his blocking. You know, Darrell Daniels. He made a great catch in the end zone a couple years ago. Um, and, he, and I think he, if he can get open and over the middle, I think Kyler trusts him enough. But I think if you move maybe the next couple of weeks, Richard Rodgers could play a similar role but not the same impact that when Max Williams was on the field. Rodgers is going to have to prove that he is better than Demetrius Harris. What if he dressed three, though? Well, I'm just saying as far yes. as playing time within the offense. Yeah, because I'm just when saying. Max Williams went down, it was Harris who got those snaps. Yes. Now, well, Daniels was unavailable. but What? And, and 
Travis is more of a pass-catching tight end. So I, I understand what you're saying, but I think they're going to have to dress three just because – and they all could play like 23, 24 snaps. We're not going to get the 50, 45 snaps that Max Williams got. So you, it, you can spread it around a little bit more uh, evenly. Trying to figure out because Max Williams did everything well – and now all of a sudden you're looking at what you have and like, well, this guy is good at this area, but not as good as that. Exactly. And back and forth. And you're like, okay, we can't find just one piece, maybe collectively. That's why I'm, the emphasis on the 11 personnel, he was so important in that offense. It's really unfortunate, but that is where this team is at the moment. And hopefully it's, you know, it's long-term. But next year, who knows what happens. But we're focused on this week and this season. Yeah, and and really, it's the first one that he's not coming back. You know, they got that short uh, IR where you got to be out for three weeks. Um, hopefully that's on Zeke Turner. I don't know how severe the shoulder is, but we know Max is not coming back. And that's the first one. And you see it around the league. And, you know, luckily didn't have that one of those guys in training camp go down for the entire season. So it's part of, uh, of the physicality of the game. And we always talk about, you know, at the end, if you're playing in late December well in, in January, um, sometimes you got to be lucky, and that comes to being healthy. We often say that Kingsbury this season needs to prove that he can adjust when defenses stop what they're doing offensively, the Arizona Cardinals. Now it's on Kingsbury to adjust to an injury and not just any injury, but a huge injury. And we'll go back to when Christian Kirk missed those three, four games and season number one. We did see Kingsbury adjust, and the offense looked much, much better than the first couple of games. Right. Certainly much better than that game against the Lions in week one. But, yeah, that's this entire game. It's a chess match. You know, this is what we do, and then all of a sudden you stop us. All right, now we need to figure out something else. And it's going to be interesting that first quarter, maybe that entire first half, how much cat and mouse, if you will, with what the Browns do defensively. And they are well coached from Stefanski to their offensive coordinator to the defensive coordinator, I want to say, is Joe Wood and their special teams coach. So they're very similar to the Cardinals staff. There's a lot of experience there. Uh, obviously they moved on from Freddie Kitchens and his staff, but, you know, um, they're they're well coached and they have a lot of experience and you know Joe Wood kind of reminds me of Vance Jones has been around forever so there's nothing really he hasn't seen now it's a matter of how do they attack the Cardinals including quarterback Kyler Murray 105 is the kickoff on Sunday yes it's a road game yes it's in Cleveland but it is that late window on Sunday afternoon so 8:30 a.m. pregame coverage begins week six Cardinals and the Browns can the Cardinals remain undefeated and go to 4-0 and oh on the road, which certainly would be uh, a first in a long, long time as far as starting the season with four straight road wins. Before we close on up and in this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, need to remind everyone, episode four of Cardinals Folktales, Drafting Jake is available on Wednesday, and depending on when you might catch this episode of Cardinals Cover 2, could be uploaded as we speak. YouTube.com slash Cardinals. a look back at the selection of former ASU quarterback Jake Plummer in 1997-1. We know Plummer was asleep when he was drafted. That never happens anymore. And then you realize that back then, which is before I had arrived in town, but then that 96-97 year for ASU, they were the team in this market. 
It was Arizona State ahead of the Arizona Cardinals in terms of football, and Jake Plummer was very, very popular, and everyone wanted Plummer in a Cardinals uniform. Yeah, and, you know, it just uh, the stars aligned. I want to say they were at the Biltmore. That's where the, the Dave Dunn, when Plummer was taking a nap, so that's where they rented the, they rented a, a room or a suite at the Biltmore, and Dave Dunn was the agent, and Jake was taking a nap. Now, the thing is, gosh, who was the quarterback? The Niners had interest in Jake. They did, and they ended up taking a quarterback in the first round. Oh, gosh, I can't remember his name. It's not a household name anymore. Do you remember um, this? Yeah, Jim Drunkenmiller, was that yes, it? Yes, yes, very good. Well, that's probably the Bay Area. I, I do remember that because yes. there was a lot of discussion. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. And, and, and they thought, you know, Jake the Snake, you know, a little bit of Joe Montana where, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy, but he's wire and he can make all the throws. Yeah, that. so the Niners and the Cardinals were thrilled that he was there. And it just made so much sense. Obviously, they're trying to get a stadium and, you know, it all worked out. Uh, by, by basically beating the, the the Washington football team on that Sunday, but yeah, it was it made sense. And unfortunately, or unfortunately for Jake, they wanted him to compete for the starting job, and he's like, I'm not competing. You know, with I think it was was it Jeff Blake came in. I do remember Jeff Blake being because that would have been, but I don't that, remember that, the years. That would have been when Denny Green, well Josh McCown, but they wanted him to compete with Jeff Blake. And he's like, no. And he went to Chicago. It was snowing. And then he went, went back to Denver and he signed with the uh, Broncos. So Jake Plummer, great college career at Arizona Just State. Just a great dude. And then at with the Arizona Cardinals, don't forget, it was Jake Plummer as the quarterback that led the Cardinals past the Cowboys to win the first playoff game as an Arizona Cardinal in addition to winning that game against Washington that allowed that stadium vote to pass and what we have now as far as State Farm Stadium is concerned in Glendale. Yeah, I want to say that was the first Cardinals uh, playoff win in like 45 or 50 years. Um I was on that team playing. I, I was on coming the, back from Dallas. Yeah, or going to both, both. And when we're landing, there's five thousand people at the airport, and it's it's dark out. It's it, it was just fascinating. Like oh, wow, and it was only five thousand, but you know it was the fact that you know the Cardinals had arrived. And I, I think I've told you this story before. The Dallas Morning News the next day said there's a new. A uh, new team in, in, in the NFC East, and it's, it's the Cardinals. And I'm like, wow, they finally knocked off the Cowboys. Uh, it was a, it was great. And then, unfortunately, went to Minnesota and got pounded. <laughs> Don't that, – that's, 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 that's taking the story too far. No. We're, just, we're just focusing on well, the beginning. They, they were pumping in crowd noise, yeah. so, you know – I don't want to – it's like fingers on a chalkboard here because we turned the ball over quickly and a, a game got out of reach. Basically, let's just focus on what Jake Plummer did. <laughs> no, he's. I'm a big fan of Jake Plummer. How it all began, drafting Jake, episode four of Cardinals Folk Tales, available on Wednesday. I got another story about Jake. All so right, here we go. Story. Le- t- I love story time with Mike Jurecki. Okay, so we're leaving. I'm leaving the facility, and um, uh, Jake lived in Ahwatukee, and I I live in Ahwatukee. I didn't have the same place he did, but <laughs> I lived in Tuke. And so we're driving over uh, the overpass on, on Warner Road, and uh, we're getting close to the uh, exit out of 51st Street, and Jake rear-ends this lady. And and I'm like, I hope he's okay, you know. And so he pulls over, I pull over, and he goes, this never happened. You know, I don't want to hear I'm like, no whiplash, nothing. So it was just funny that I, I was there, and of all people – 
he he just I, I don't know if she stopped in a hurry, but uh, it was interesting because I see here Jake getting out of the car, and I'm like, oh boy, and he's like, no, I'm good, don't don't worry about it. So <laughs> it I had a really good relationship with him, and a couple other times, I, I would leave to go to Flagstaff on a Sunday night. And for some reason, I was able to run at him and Pat Tillman, and they and they asked me, "Do you want to follow us?" And I said, "Nah, <laughs> you guys are going to go too fast for me." <laughs> Jake Plummer, a wonderful person, first oh, I love and that foremost, and yes, big deal at Arizona State and with the Arizona Cardinals, and how he became a Cardinal is the subject of episode four of Cardinals Folk Tales. Go to YouTube.com/slash/AZCardinals. YouTube.com/slash/AZCardinals. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.